This is Howard Anderson, Managing Editor at Information Security Media Group. Today we're talking with John Linkus, CEO of the American Telemedicine Association. Thanks so much for joining us today, John. It's my pleasure. Telemedicine has been evolving in recent years to include a much wider variety of applications. For starters, what's the best way to define the term telemedicine now in light of that evolution? And what are the biggest areas of growth? Well, you know, you're absolutely right. It is growing tremendously, both in terms of the number of activities and the type of activities involved. Uh, telemedicine, broadly defined as the use of telecommunications technology to provide health care. But it's primarily oriented toward uh, providing assistance to patients, to individuals. It's involved in the healthcare is, is broad, but it's it's really focused on on direct patient care of some sort, and that can be anything from uh, uh, robotic surgery, reviewing ICU uh, from a distance to uh, cell phone applications, uh, the M Health revolution that's hitting now, and so many things in between. It's kind of amazing how fast it's growing. Are there particular areas that are growing fastest at this point? Well. They're growing different ways, I think, is the way to put it. With mHealth right now, there's about 6,000 applications that are available over digital phones related to either healthcare or fitness. Some of those are direct to consumers. Some of those are used by health professionals. So certainly that is a rapid-growing activity, uh, and how it fits into the healthcare continuum is one of the challenges that we have today. Uh, Certainly anything related to home monitoring particularly for chronic care, is a, is a hot topic of discussion. It's growing. Certain applications like using telemedicine to identify strokes, uh, using telemedicine for uh, ICU uh, review uh, within hospitals, all of those are fairly rapidly growing applications. And, of course, some of the online applications are still uh, growing in terms of not only the size, but the types of applications are, are growing right now, too. As telemedicine in all its forms continues to grow, what do you see as the most critical information security issues that users need to address? Well, you know, of of course, it's always a challenge to make sure when you're using telecommunications that the information is is properly uh, encrypted and to make sure that the the, the transmission of the information is uh, properly protected. But, of course, some of the interesting challenges to telemedicine have often occurred not so much in the transmission, but in the use of the uh, information at the host institution. Uh, It could be something as simple as when a physician is talking to a patient, say, an interactive video. Where is the physician located? Is it in an open area where people can walk by, look over shoulder, and see who's on on a camera? So there's some interesting challenges that we have uh, right now in, in, in privacy that are very simple in many cases. Does the association have a set of security and privacy guidelines for its members? We don't have our own, per se, but we did recently adopt the uh, privacy guidelines that were developed by the uh, American College of Radiology. Uh, We felt uh, rather than reinventing the wheel, we would look at what other organizations have been doing. And at our annual meeting last week, our board of directors uh, approved the ACR uh, guidelines. We thought they were uh, in pretty good shape. Can you give us a bit of a highlights of what are, what's in those guidelines, what the radiologists called for? Basically, again, they look at protecting the, the privacy of the information using encryption, using the, uh, the, the type of activities that, that are used in most radiology shops uh, and, and looking at the information that's transmitted and how you protect the images uh, on a standardized way and using encryption in some form of a standardized measure. 
How typical is it for personal health information, including identifiers, to be exchanged via various forms of telemedicine? Well, whenever you do a clinical interaction, it's extremely important that the physician or health professional have that access to that data. And so whenever there's a telemedicine interaction, of course, by its very nature, there's communication of uh, patient information back and forth. Um, and so, therefore, you know, I, there is sharing of information every time there is a, uh, a telemedicine uh, application. Now, in terms of the actual transmission of the a full electronic database uh, containing a, a, a patient record, it would depend upon the type of um, interaction that's going on. For example, if you're using telemedicine for uh, collecting vital sign data, what's really involved is that particular vital sign data for that day in that transmission, and that's going from the patient, uh, let's say in a cell phone or in some kind of a holter, remote holter monitor, into a, a monitoring center, a data reading center, or maybe in directly populating their uh, electronic medical record, but the record itself is not transmitted. It's in a receive mode, and so the information that's being sent is only the specific information relevant to that interaction on that one day. Are there particular forms of telemedicine that are more vulnerable to security threats? Sure. Well, you know, again, it, it is when you get out of the clinical environment and into the consumer environment that we have this interesting uh, challenge ahead of us. Because, again, telemedicine will enable consumers to be much more involved in either um, getting information on healthcare or sending in information. Uh, not that there's a steep learning curve, but some of this is automated. But nevertheless, if it's tied into your personal phone, you're in a different environment than inside the hospital. So protecting privacy uh, is is more than just working within the institution. Is looking at uh, some of the common information pieces that we have today. Doctors, for a hundred years now, have been providing information to patients over the telephone and interacting back and forth. And of course, back in the early days, uh, those were party line phones, and anybody who was on the party line could pick up the phone and listen in. So, uh, privacy, uh, electronic privacy, has been an interesting issue almost since the beginning of telecommunications, really. And as we get to digital phones, which I have better encryption uh, and, and some of the privacy elements that are already built into the phone itself, uh, that will help. But it's going to be an interesting journey as we move ahead with some of these applications that are getting much more uh, broadly deployed uh, to the individual. Do you have any other advice for telemedicine users when it comes to complying with the HITECH Act and its toughened HIPAA privacy and security rules? Well, I think it's important to look at the at the uh, at the act itself and understand the basics of it. You know, often a technology itself is not certified as compliant. It's kind of what you do with the information. There's been a lot of discussion, for example, with the the online services like Skype and uh, and and Uvu and some of the other services that could be used just in your uh, on your PC. And, and most of those are encrypted in some form of nature, but but you don't necessarily always know. So it's going to take a little bit of information uh, if you're going to be using some of the new forms of technology and telecommunications to make sure that both the technology is appropriate and your practice and how you use the technology is appropriate for making sure you're, you're following the guidelines for privacy. Well, thanks, John. We've been talking today with John Linkus of the American Telemedicine Association. This is Howard Anderson of Information Security Media Group. Thanks for listening.